This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it The Word to Stand On for Life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday. That means you're listening to the date day edition of the word to stand on for life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And we're delighted to take your phone calls and answer Bible questions, life questions, anything and everything that's on your heart. Ladies, this is a day that we set aside especially for you, not just for you, but especially for you. So if you need any encouragement or have any questions for Paula, all you have to do is call. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877 877- 630-KSLR, numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can send them in via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app button or banner on top of the screen. Say call now, just hit that. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time for questions, 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the program. Thank you, baby. We've been crazy busy, but it's good busy. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been crazy busy, like, okay, what day is it? <laughs> what are we doing today? <laughs> are we late? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, tonight, we would appreciate everybody's prayers. Um, tonight is our graduation, so our graduation... Uh, ceremonies are tonight for our seniors. You got to hear them on the program yesterday. I was so encouraged by them. You know, um, you start talking about the Lord, and it's just amazing how things perk up. So um, tonight is our graduation begins at six o'clock, and we will have a packed house. And um, um, we have all week. We've had other banquets, high school banquets last week, K through eight banquets. Uh, just it's just a busy time. The last two weeks of the school year are always crazy busy. Mm-hmm. The kids came in today and today was the last finals, and they came in looking so relieved, and it was just like we're done, we made it. So uh, tonight we get to sort of celebrate with them. Oh sweet, hey, Pastor Ron, there's a couple of kids that we don't want to let go. So having these last finals, is it a possibility that some of them might flunk and then they have to they have to stay here <laughs> with us? As you know, I threaten every year to flunk some of the I kids know, but just to keep them. never follow through. I know, because I have to tell the truth. These are great <laughs> yeah. kids. they got great grades. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, honestly, we, we've had, and tomorrow as a church is our 24th birthday, uh, May oh, 31st. Right. So I'll talk about that a little bit on the program tomorrow. But, um, you know, we have these kids. Uh, you know, I held some of them when they were first born. 
And when, and I mean right out of the mother's yeah. womb. Mom had him, dad held him, he handed him to you. Yeah. I was and there. So I can pray for him and mm-hmm. talk to him. And, mm-hmm. and um, to see him grow up is, is wonderful, but it's hard too. Mm-hmm. You know, you just think, where did the time go? And now they're going out in this world and I want to keep them where we can protect them. Yet that's not our job to protect uh-huh. them. And uh, so tonight, as we say goodbye to them, and by the way, in the audience, if you hear any noises in the background, uh, they're setting up for, uh, the kids have tables of, of sort of a, a panorama of their lives that they're setting up in the room next to us. So if you hear uh, anything, that's what it is. Uh, but this is one of those nights. Moms and dads are proud. The kids are proud and a little bit afraid. Um, but this is just the cycle of life, isn't it? And grandmas and grandpas and Saved and unsaved will be here tonight, and I, I love the fact that there's always an altar call, even at even at a graduation. Somebody, and if they don't, it's you afterwards. You know, the the best gift you could give anybody when they get married, when they graduate, you know, when the baby's dedicated, is that you've heard the message, you've seen the change in lives, and it's because Jesus is real. And so, how about you? And so, I always look forward to that. Anyway, yeah. So, you want me to start? Because it's, it's kind of like my show, but kind of like not. <laughs> I was so encouraged yesterday. The the kids did great. And, you know, I, I we dropped them off, or I dropped them off um, with you. And I rush home so I can hear the show. And so, I get there, and I, I, I had, you know, I'm praying, Lord, because they were so nervous. Some of them were so nervous, I didn't think they'd be able to talk at all. And yet, they blew me away. I was crying like a baby several times. It, they just really blessed my heart. And um, just to think, I don't know how many years ago, I mean, before we left California, where the Lord put it on your heart to have a free school, you know. And it mostly back then it was, you know, for grammar and, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic kind of a thing. And yet the main focus here is Jesus, because you can read, you can write, and you can do arithmetic, but if you don't have Jesus, it really doesn't matter. And so to hear the change, you know, Amanda Padilla really blessed me to hear her, because she's been here since kindergarten and is graduating from here this whole time. Um, and I'm not as close to the kids um, because I, I'm not a teacher and I'm not here every single day. Um, but I'm not as close to some of the kids, especially those who have only been here a year. Um, but to hear them speak and how grateful, you know, uh, it was just amazing. I, just, I was crying so many times. Bethany really got to me yesterday, and I don't typically cry mm-hmm. and stuff, but Bethany really got to me because she's only been here a year. Mm-hmm. And this is a year that really changed her life. You know, she didn't have friends and she felt invisible and all those things. Mm-hmm. And she comes to a school uh, in only a year. And she says, I finally have all of these wonderful friends. And this is a place where we learn about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's, she's got to go out into the world. And um, she was on the verge of tears all day when we yes, took the seniors to lunch. And then when she was talking yesterday, mm-hmm. she's on the verge of tears. It's just really good to see grateful people. And, and uh, sometimes kids aren't so grateful for stuff, but, but these kids really were. And, mm-hmm. It was good. Oh, it was really good. Um, okay, so yesterday, um, 
as I was listening to the show the night before, this week was a little different, you know, because we've been so busy. So I was, I said, Lord, I'm going to be busy this week. And sometimes my brain will work and sometimes it won't because it's kind of overloaded right now. And so um, the Thursday show is coming. So what are we going to talk about? And so the word consistency um, is, has been the word for me this week. And yesterday on the show, you probably said it at least two times, maybe three. And then hearing the kids speak, consistency was the fact that the teachers here really care. I think every child said that. I shouldn't say child because that makes them sound little, but every young man and woman uh, must have said the teachers here really care. They can look at us and see if we're doing well, if we're not doing well. And when they see that we're not doing well, they don't just see it, but they are concerned about it and want to know why and what they can do to help out. That was a consistent message and and for sure because we've been here forever we know that's the case with all of these teachers and so to to hear them say that because they recognize the difference was an amazing thing for me um and that the smallness of this school and you know even if we had a bigger location please lord please we need more space <laughs> we, we would still have small in jesus name in jesus name yeah. amen uh-huh. We would still have small classrooms, just more of them. And so the intimacy of each classroom with the students, yes, but the intimacy that they can have with their teacher who can look them in the eye and really care and take time. As one of them said, the whole class stops and the teacher explains it enough until he or she knows that we've really gotten it. And so in everything, consistency was the theme, and that's the key, not just here at school, but for the parents at home. Consistency. Yeah, you've been consistent to bring them to the school, praise the Lord, but to follow up with that consistency at home. When they come here, they have to turn in their cell phone. That's a consistent thing, and it's a good thing because we're so easily distracted. Um, Don't get me started. I know, never mind. Um, (laughs) But the consistency of, you know, for our Jesus, um, Hebrews thirteen eight, where it says, you know, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And our the school here, the regulations or whatever you want to call them, the standard has been consistent, and it's not going to change. And and that's what all kids, from kindergartners all the way up to now our seniors, need to know that there's a standard set, and it's not going to move. And so maybe they buck it a little bit at the beginning, but then they settle in. They just know this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And and they're really good about well, I'm glad you mentioned from striving. kindergarten. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned from kindergarten up. Um, you know, we have every year when with our new group of kindergartners. Uh, <laughs> and, and these are kids mostly in the, in the kindergarten who uh, have, have spent their whole lives here. And so this is home to them. Dark church. church. It's church, and it's it's home to them. Uh, and we'll have parents come and say, oh, I'm so sorry. You have no idea what you're getting into with my kid, my son, or my daughter. And we'll say, Kenyatta, Miss Kenyatta is our, our kindergarten teacher. Uh, she'll be fine. And, oh, well, I, you don't know how bad it is at home. We've tried, and we haven't done well, and we haven't been consistent. And, 
And, and I say, you just watch what happens the first week your child is here. And some of those same moms and dads will come in and also, okay, now watch your child as they walk down the hall. And they're all walking in line with their finger up, index finger up to their lips in the shh position. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it because it's expected of them. And that's the consistency that they get used to. And I tell the parents, look, you can do that at home, too. The problem is, at home, the, the standards, the rules keep changing, and your kids end up sort of training you instead of being trained. And, um, you, you know, I just, I just think that's really important. I was, I was mentioning uh, at the uh, high school awards banquet on Tuesday, Paula, uh, this is the most older kids ever that we've had receive the Exemplary Behavior Award. Uh, that is no write-ups, no discipline issues at all for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've always had a couple who were always there. But this year, there were so many. And I just thought, you know, those spankings we gave them when they were young, <laughs> we trained them. It helped. Yeah. But but honestly, it's just the consistency of our staff, the teachers who who are the same every single day. They work really hard. They work for very little pay because we're poor. But, um, you know, they, they do it because it's a calling, a ministry that, that the Lord has given them. So, yeah, the consistency matters a great deal. And if only the parents who are in this audience, I'll talk about your kids for a moment, if only you would be consistent in your witness for Jesus. You know, so often, Paula, we, we see families that, that have all kinds of issues going on, and, and sometimes it's the father, but most of the time it's the mom who's, who's, you know, always fighting for attention. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the kids who are supposed to get the attention in a home. And when a mom or a dad is the one who is needy, the one who gets the attention, there's always a mess. And uh, the, the problem is the kids feed off that, and they end up doing what they want to do. And, and, you know, we get them for a little bit of the day here at school. And, mm-hmm. and uh, for those who just come to church here, it's, it's way less. We get them one day or one night a week. Um, but... It's it's what the parents do at home that's going to shape and mold those kids and show them who Jesus is. And uh, I, I just don't think enough parents are are aware of how important their role really is. And it's not no do as I say. It's just setting an example of godliness, setting an example of kindness, uh, being uh, filled with joy. Even when things are difficult, we can still be filled with joy. And when your kids watch a mom and dad who are with Jesus, it changes their lives, the kids' lives, forever. And, um, you know, unfortunately not enough are really committed in their own walk with the Lord. You know, we always talk about we pray for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused. That's not just adults. That's not just adults. And you could hear, you know, you know, not and, and not everybody who comes here, kindergartners on the way up, all the way up, are are saved. And so we have the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused. And to hear um, some of the kids yesterday that they were confused, they were hurting, they were hungry, lost, needy. To hear them speaking now of this is what I I wanted. You know, I wanted to be challenged. In school, I wanted to be at least uh, noticed, not not in here I am, here I am, but 
do you even know my name? Um, and so, yeah, to have some of those needs met here by watching uh, consistent teachers, knowing that they knew their name, knowing that they care. Again, that word consistency just so matters. And let me give a shout out to, to the public school teachers in our audience. I, I honestly don't know how you do it. We limit intentionally our classroom size from 10 students to 11 students. And, um, and, and we do that because we want to give them attention. And your heart to teach, you certainly didn't get into it for money. Yeah. Um, you didn't get into it for recognition or to be famous. Uh, and so I know your heart is for kids and how you manage with classroom sizes of 30 and above uh, is beyond my ability to comprehend. So God bless you and, and uh, remember to stand with and for Jesus in your classroom as well. Yeah, that, what a challenge that is because um, they have to wait to be asked about, you know, Jesus possibly. And then I don't know how limited they are. That would be very difficult because for you and me, I mean, as we breathe, you know, on the exhale, sometimes it's Jesus. And, and for a Christian teacher in a public school, they're so limited. You know, they know the answer, and yet their their hands are kind of tied at times to, yeah. to give that, huh? Let me take a shot at that, though, because... I I think that every Christian, um, no matter your profession, no matter what the rules are where you work, we're obligated. Paul says he's a, a debtor to, to Greek and to Jew, but but mostly he was a debtor to Christ. We have a message that has to be communicated, and so we can do it without saying, you know, you're going to go to hell if you don't accept Jesus Christ. We don't have to be like that. But you and I can't talk for for a minute without Jesus coming up. And, and when we're ourselves, it doesn't matter if the school administration says, well, don't talk about Jesus. Um, I, I can't not talk about him. And, and I just think we've got to be willing to take a, a few risks, understanding that the Lord will be pleased. And like Peter said, you decide whether it's men that we should listen to or should we obey God. And um, uh, I just think, Christians who are in the public school system, Christians who are cops, Christians who are uh, in, in other lines of work where they're told, you know, you can't say this, you can't say that. Uh, I just think fully to all that. I think, you know, we've got to be ourselves. We've got to be true to the calling that we have in this world. And, and I know people are thinking, well, what if I lose my job because of it? Don't you think Jesus can take care of you? Don't you think that he will bless your obedience? And I think too often we're more afraid of the people and the things and the mechanisms in this world than we are uh, in a healthy filial fear of Jesus. So I just think, you know, how could I not tell a kid about Jesus? Jesus loves them. How could I not tell them how valuable they are in his sight? Especially knowing these kids are coming from homes with all kinds of difficulties in them. Uh, Jesus is the answer. It's kind of like, and I was going to maybe talk about this next session, but um, your your message last night talking about the great unknown, you know, are we going to trust Jesus or are we going to be so fearful of, again, the rules and regulations or that, that thing or those people that seem so overbearing that we can't overcome them, that we're going to cower in fear and turn to the world and, and obey them instead of obeying God. But anyway, that's for another time. <laughs> I, I have a, a man in the church who is... I've uh, been in the Air Force for 16 years, and 
he feels being called into chaplaincy. And he asked me what I thought, and I told him how difficult it is. And they said, you know what? Um, you love Jesus. And if you are called into the chaplaincy, it's not the military doing it. It's, it's the Lord doing it. And you have to be faithful to that. And you're going to be told you can't tell people about Jesus. You can't proselytize. Uh, you, you've got to meet people where they are. That's the rules, the new method of operation in the military. And I said, you've got to decide going in who you stand with and who you stand for. And just the people, as for me, I can't stop talking about him. And um, I, I told this young man, because he really does love Jesus, I said, you know, uh, if you don't settle this issue before taking these steps, you're going to be the most miserable person in the world. Yeah. It's, it's just, they're going to, it'll be like all gods lead home. It's like all, all, yeah, well, all just, roads, no, all yeah. gods are okay. Yeah, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. You can't tell people that. Yeah. And I, I don't I, know how we can not tell people that. And the thing is, we have to live with the consequences. And and that's where our faith comes in. Do we really trust that the Lord will be um, a rewarder of those who are obedient? Mm-hmm. And we, we know he is. We know he's faithful. So I think that's one of the things that we have to do. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any questions uh, about anything, ladies, this is your day to talk with Paula. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Okay, you know, in, in regards to the school and then the the parents who don't even call Calvary Chapel of San Antonio, I said that like, I don't know why they wouldn't call this their church home. But if, <laughs> if that don't call their their this their church home, they have to come twice a month just so they can, you know, be on the same page with what their kids are being taught here. So yesterday, as I woke up, I was thinking, Lord, we're getting ready. These kids are getting ready to go out of here, and I want to hold on to them, and the world is going to chew some of them up, and I don't want that to happen, and some are going to move away, and we won't see them. I mean, I was just whining, you know, kind of like. Um, and it kind of reminded me of back in the day when you would do counseling, three and a half, four hours, four and a half hours, because you were – it seemed like you were afraid to let them go out the door for fear that the world was going to get them again and they would turn back. Well, that's how I was kind of with with these seniors going out. It's like, oh, man, Lord, some of them are going to the military. That's going to be difficult. Some are going to college. And you know how weird that can be. And, you know, I so the Lord was like, will you please calm down? <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, have you done your part? Because I'm looking results. I'm kind of a result-oriented person. And so the Lord was said, was telling me, he says, Paula, they have been given good food and fresh water. And now, you know that thing Pastor Ron talks about, they all have to come to their tree of choice. Yeah, I think that's important to talk about, Paula, and we're running out of time on this side, so we'll pick up on the tree of choice okay. on the other side of the break. But for now, let's go to Natalia, Texas, and talk with Dolores on line one. Dolores, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yes, um... When I was still working, because I'm retired now, uh, mm-hmm. as a nurse, as an RN, uh, I had opportunities to talk to parents and um, because I used to work in the neonatal unit. And so um, one time they came and told me not to be ministering to the parents or, or praying for babies because that's what the lay ministry was for. And mm-hmm. I decided, well, I'm not going to wait, you know, to 
to preach salvation to anyone. <laughs> so I still continued on my merry way. And uh, I figured, well, let them fire me. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> there's, there's plenty of nursing jobs. That's what I thought. Anyway, yeah. um, uh, one of the, the charge nurses or head nurses came and was, you know, really mean to me about ministering. And I said, well, you know what? All the nurses get in the break room and they're constantly cussing and smoking and, you know, saying their dirty jokes. Why don't you go talk to them and tell them to keep up, keep down the profanity and, and stop talking about witchcraft and all that? I said, because that offends me. Mm-hmm. I said, but you don't do that. I said, but if I'm talking to someone who's asked me about, you know, my change and why I, I, I decided to, to start, you know, sharing Jesus, I said, everybody complains. I don't appreciate that. And so, anyway, um, one of the nurses who went and complained uh, and was constantly talking about witchcraft, the the Lord took her voice away. (laughs) She couldn't speak. She couldn't speak at all. And Mm. they didn't know what was wrong with her. And then another one, the one that was my superior, so-called, who was constantly giving me a hard time, um... Well, let me back it up a little bit. One of the nurses came, and she prayed by writing everything down. She used to pr- write to God in prayer. And she mm-hmm. came and told me, she took me to a... Okay, Del- Dolores, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're coming to a hard break here. So uh, I'm, I'm going to make a couple of comments on what you said on the other side of the break. Thank you for calling. Appreciate hearing from you. Hey, you're listening to the day-to-day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program. We have 30 minutes left. We'd love your live calls and questions. Uh, Dolores, sorry it took so, uh, uh, we had to cut you off at that moment. But one of the things I wanted to say, Doris, Dolores, is that uh, medical professionals especially uh, as you know, we've got a, a, a free doctor's office here, family practice doctor's office with a husband-wife doctor team, pediatrician. We've got some PAs and, and nurses, nursing staff. People come to, to medical professionals and they trust you. And there's, there's so much more power that is available to you as you share Jesus with people. Uh, they trust you already. Their hearts are open. And we've found that it's, it's often the case that the Lord has prepared them um, to hear the message, and that's why he brought them to you, because he could trust uh, the people that he cares about with you. Uh, Dolores, are you still with us? Yes. Okay. I'm, Aww, thank yay. you, Dolores. <laughs> I love your voice. <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, thank you, Dolores, sister, for rightly sister, representing the Lord. I'm about your age. <laughs> oh, you're about my age. Yeah, we're, you we're, sound we're, like we're still little puppies. <laughs> well, I'm sixty-nine. Puppy. Oh, you got me! Praise <laughs> the Lord! Somebody's older than me. 
<laughs> thank, thank you, Dolores. And you keep serving the Lord. I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Paula, you, you want to talk about um, the tree of choice. Mm-hmm. Why, why don't you introduce that and I'll explain what we mean by it. But. Well, you know, once we have, uh, for instance, the kids who started here as kindergartner and now are graduates, um, they have had chapel that started from kindergarten, chapel, five days a week. In every class, no matter what the subject is, Jesus is still at the center. Um, in Bible class? Bible class, every yes. Day. Um, yeah, they, they have Jesus in their whole time. And they're here, well, kindergarten's only like 8 to 11.30, something like that. But the other kids are here, you know, sometimes 4. And when we come out of here at the, after the radio's over, some are still here. And so they have Jesus demonstrated, if not they're being taught uh, in the actual class, they see the teachers and the aides walking around here and how they interact with one another and with the students. They are seeing Jesus in action. And so as they go home or as like now for the summer vacation, and as you prayed for them, the prayer group, may they go home, Lord, and remember you and still be in your word daily and still talking to you daily, um, not leaving you here at this building, but taking you with them throughout. So as these kids um, go about their life um, and the adults who come here and hear the word as well, the good food and the fresh water, um, there's an everyday altar call. And that altar call, the tree of choice, says, who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve the Lord? Are you going to serve yourself? And even serving somebody else, usually that's a selfish Kind of a thing too, because you know we serve others sometimes for our own benefit. And so, who are you going to serve? So we all had that tree of choice. All of these graduates coming tonight, when they leave from here, they will have. We have four who started kindergarten here this year, uh, who are graduating. They've been here the, all thirteen years. We have four in this class of eleven, and so as they go out of here, they have so much information they in their hearts and their minds and they're going to be challenged and then that tree of choice is going to come okay who am i going to believe what am i going to do when the people want to drag me away from a holy righteous life my tree of choice i have all this information about jesus and his ways his character am i really a born-again christian because if i am I'm going to choose more often than not to walk with him. I know nobody's perfect, but they're going to choose more often than not to walk with him. And even when they don't, they will hate that they didn't in turn. So the tree of choice, we all have it. But um, I was trying to hold on to these kids. Lord, don't let them go. Make Pastor Ron tell the truth this time and flunk some of these (laughs) kids and hold them back. And yet the Lord said, no, you know, they've been trained up. In the right way to go. Now they all have to come to that tree of choice. You know, Paula, one of the questions that we get on this program on a fairly consistent basis is, is if God didn't want him to eat from that tree in the garden, why did he put it there? Mm-hmm. And the answer is choice. There always has to be a choice. God could force humans to love him. He could force us to obey him. 
but 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 that really really wouldn't be love. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gives us a choice. Now I I always think about the, the tree. You know, the, the the Garden of Eden is more beautiful than we could even imagine. And, and you're a fruit person. I'm not a fruit person, but you're a fruit person. Imagine the fruit that was available for them day in and day out on all those trees. And God said, I've given you the fruit from every tree in the garden except this one tree. And that one tree, I'm sure it was a beautiful tree. I'm sure the fruit was so attractive and it smelled so good. But God said, for me, you can't eat the fruit of that tree. And we know how that played out. Well, the same thing is true with kids when they move away from home. Um, they've got to be weaned off mom and dad's face. And as painful as it sometimes is because of the poor choices that are made. Um, this is the most important part of their development as Christians. This is when they move from, well, yeah, I'm a Christian because I was raised in church, or I went to Calvary Chapel. Um, um, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, um, but I really don't know him that well. Um, and so then temptation comes, and worldly choices come. And God is always in their ear reminding them what they've heard, and, but they have to make the choice. And, um, you know, some of the kids that we sent off to college in years past, they made some bad choices and, and uh, broke parents' heart. But at the same time, um, many of those kids have returned to the Lord uh, because they experienced the pain and the consequences. By the way, this is one of the reasons why parents shielding kids from consequences is so detrimental. Um, there has to be consequences to the poor choices they make or they're going to keep making poor choices. And, and uh, so every parent raising a kid, we get another question, well, why do so many kids lose their faith when they go to college? And the answer is twofold. One, they never really had it. It wasn't their own faith. And, and then second, they chose the world. When presented with a clear choice, with no parental supervision, they made the wrong choice. And that's not anything the church is doing wrong. Um, that's part of life for every single one of those kids. And we were talking today, Paul, about this world that these kids are being raised in. It's a different world than we ever knew. And these kids are are attached to their cell phones. They're being inundated every day with carnal information. They're being brainwashed by the world. Um, This pursuit of diversity and openness and affirmation for whatever choices you choose to make, being happy and being true to yourself and everybody has a truth, but, but it's not necessarily the truth, but, but your truth is important. And these kids are being brainwashed. And the only way that we can counter being brainwashed in this world is to make the choice. You know what? I'm going to renew my mind daily in the Word of God. I'm going to talk to Jesus every day. I'm not going to think of my religion or my faith as a place I go on Sunday but as a real person who I'm going to be with every day. I say all the time, just be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you're with Jesus, you're going to make the right choices. If you're with Jesus, you're not going to do bad things. But he has to be real, and he has to be active in your life. Mm-hmm. And too many of these kids have a Jesus that's distant, and because they're not nourishing the Spirit, they're going to make the wrong choices. That's why these kids need our prayers. Um, a lot of this starts at home. Um, I told you earlier, don't get me started on cell phones. But but moms and dads, you who give unlimited access to your kids on cell phones, and we're talking from, 
from 10 years old and up, these kids are demanding cell phones and parents are giving in. Um, they're being attacked with information their minds aren't prepared to handle yet. They're super sensory overload. Everything. Oh, crazy. And it's, it's just this constant brainwashing. And, um, you know, we've got kids that have their... Their choice, they play video games all day, every day. And these are violent video games. Uh, kids that, that, that way before they're ready are finding porn on their cell phones. And it's just a way of life for kids. Uh, I had a kid say, well, you know, uh, things are different now. We've had porn some, since we were, like, young. And just think that's not something to be proud of. Yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. just the kind of thing that comes into our lives to tempt us to make the wrong choices. And unfortunately, Paula, um, too many parents are aiding and abetting their children's destruction. Okay, enough of my soapbook. I know. It's your show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough. You know, I, I know when we were younger, you know, I'm 18 now. I get to make my own choices. And, so, and I remember, you know, no, you can make your own choices when you live outside of my house. But. You know, the kids that are going away to college, you know, some pick colleges because they're the big party school. Um, and so that's scary. And they're going to experiment. And even if they are kind of strong, they're going to have to be really strong. I know one of our, our alumni came back and, and spoke to the high school kids. And, you know, she said, when you get out there, nobody cares. Your professors, they're not going to really care. You're going to be in classes way bigger than 30 and 40. You sit in auditoriums, studios, you know, and, and there's 100 kids. And if you show up, fine. Turn your paper in, get a grade, okay. But if you flunk out, so? You think, it, you think a public setting, some of these kids came from the schools where they weren't really cared for, the world will chew them up and spit them out if they're not. And ground. If they don't know their, this word, here's my word again, if they don't know their value. Because, you know, boys are looking to fit in, and that, that thing of boys will be boys, you know, that's just what we do. Um, and then girls want to be valued, and they're looking for anybody, now anybody, any sex, to say, oh, you're the most important thing in my life. And if they don't already know that, then they're going to fall. So, Anyway, I'm I'm hopeful. My hope is in the Lord. And the story about the prodigal son, the one who stayed home, had everything, and didn't really realize it. And the but the one who went away, he came to his senses. And so those who go out and go crazy, my prayer is and my hope is, and we've had quite a few return, like you were saying, some have gone away and made bad choices. We've had some come back and say, I knew better. I knew better, and now they're able to turn around and say to others, "Don't do what I do. Here's here's what you need to do." I'm excited, Paul, because I'm uh, we're in Luke 14 on Sundays, so Luke 15 is right around the corner. Maybe two more weeks in Luke 14, okay, and then we'll be in uh, uh, the the parables of of Luke 15, and uh, the parable of the prodigal son is chief among them, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, three, I'm excited. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'd like to give people the phone number again if you have any questions or calls, 340-9585 or toll-free 
877-630-KSLR. Yes, I'm excited because there's so many parents who have done well. You know, uh, we ask them to come here twice a month, and there's some who just made Calvary Chapel of San Antonio their church home because their kids have been fed and they have changed. And and so why be split, you know? And so I'm excited for those who, with their kids, they're all on board. They're, they're growing together in the Lord. To hear some of the kids yesterday, you know, you know that they have family devotion. They get up really early for school, and yet they get up really early to have family devotions before they come to school. Some even have family devotions, I know, before they go to bed each night. And so for those kids, those parents have done very, very well. And, and you always say to the parents, if they happen to fall away, and some will, just maybe for a minute, don't let it be your fault. And so bravo to so many of these parents who have done exceptionally well. I only wish that I could be or would have been, you know, the Christian that uh, quite a few of these are here, Caleb talking, you know, last night. He's just, me yesterday. He's proud of his parents, and rightly so. So it's just, it's a wonderful life. (laughs) It's a privileged life for sure. Let's go to Seguin now and talk with James on line one. James, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yes, hi. Thank you very much for taking my call. I was enjoying listening Mm -hmm. to the two. Um, In in John, uh, if I remember correctly, John 9.39, Jesus was saying that essentially that he did uh, come into the world to judge. And I get a little... Uh, I get a little lost because in John, uh, I want to say it's uh, right after 3.16, he turns around and they say, For God uh, did not send his Son into the world to condemn or judge the world. Um, And I I guess, again, in John 12, and I forget the verse, I want to say it's 40-something, it kind of reiterates that same thing. Uh, But uh, there's a little discrepancy there, and I'm thinking it's probably the context of the rest of the scripture around it. But if you could just clarify that a little bit for me, just because it seems to be a little bit of an incongruence here. Yeah, I can, James. And whenever you're talking about judgment, you know, uh, one of the things that we always need to keep in mind, Isaiah 28, I think it's verse 21, says that judgment is a strange word for God. So when you're talking about judgment, um, we have to be real careful to consider the context. When Jesus said, I've not come to judge the world, but that through me the world might be saved. What he was saying in that context is, look, I've come this time. Uh, there's going to be another coming, uh, another time when I hear am here for judgment. We know that happens in Revelation chapter 19. But he came the first time to reach out that the world might be saved. And, and obviously we know the world rejected him. Um, in, in John chapter 9, the context is different. Um, if we go up a couple of verses, Jesus is um, talking to a man. It said that Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out. This is a man. When he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And this man said, who is he, sir? Tell me that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you've now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. By the way, that's one of the places, James, where Jesus clearly declares himself to be God. And then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And then here's your verse. 
Jesus said, for judgment I've come into this world so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. And the Pharisees, of course, took offense, uh, said, are we blind too? And Jesus said, if you're blind, you'd not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. So the context of this passage, James, is the judgment between right and wrong, the judgment between who God is and the judgment of who they claimed that God was. And always in speaking to the religious leaders, um, calling them hypocrites and, and telling them that eternal damnation awaits them, he's talking about the judgment of right and wrong. And uh, in fact, when he later sends the Holy Spirit, it says he will convict of sin of, of, or the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. So Jesus isn't saying, look, I've come this time to judge. I've come to save the world. But every day that I'm here, there's going to be a message about judgment between right and wrong, judgment between God and who you think God is. And what he always wanted people to do was to open their eyes and see. And this man that had been thrown out by the religious leaders, um, he saw it. Um, this is the man who was born blind and... and um, um, they're insulting Jesus. So the idea here is that, that he's forcing them to judge and make a decision about who he is, and they're unwilling to do that. So it's not judgment like um, Revelation chapter 19 judgment, but this is the judgment of, of what the Holy Spirit is doing. Remember, these are some of the same people that were um, accusing him of healing uh, and casting out demons by the power of the devil. And and all right. of this context is not about the judgment, the way we understand judgment, judgment for uh, heaven or hell, but this is about judgment, uh, discerning between right and wrong. Does that help? Uh, it does, absolutely. Uh, and I really love uh, the blind man's testimony, because uh, there's <laughs> so many of us that, uh, yeah, I mean, what a testimony, and for... The, the rest of eternity, you know, his testimony is, is written there in the gospel. Um, and, and this being uh, a gentleman that whenever, if I remember correctly, uh, whenever the disciples were inquiring about it, uh, whose sin was it? Was it his father's sin or that of his own? And he said, no, it's neither his father nor his own, but that God's glory can be shown through him. This is just one of those testimonies showing where, um, you know, God's glory truly was shown uh, through this gentleman's testimony to the Pharisees when he spoke with them. Yep. Good assessment. Thank you, James. I appreciate it very, very much. You know, the uh, um, I love this, this guy's testimony um, because the more he shared what he knew, the more he discovered he knew. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. so y- y- you're going to lecture us. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, look, here's what I know. You keep asking me these questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I know is that this man, Jesus, made some mud, put on my eyes. He told me to go to Salome and wash. And I did. And then I could see. Mm-hmm. Once I was blind and now I can see. And I think there's a great lesson there, James, for all of us. Uh, as, as we share our faith, so many of us are intimidated because we don't think we know enough. But you are the absolute expert in what Jesus has done for you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know doctrine yet, if you're a new believer and you don't, you don't have Bible verses memorized, you know exactly what he's done for you. 
And as we share that with people, just like there was power in this man's testimony, there will be power in our testimony as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you, James. What a great question. I appreciate it very much. This is one of the great chapters in our New Testament. Yeah. I love that when Jesus tells the Pharisees and you know the religious leaders, look, the notorious sinners and the tax collectors get it. They know they're sinners and they needed to be saved. But you who think you're okay, mm, yeah, you're wrong. I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, what is this? Uh, up in the Zacchaeus, little Zacchaeus. Lord, if I have, you know, <laughs> stolen, I'll give back four times as much. He knew. He knew he was a thief. He knew. And he knew who Jesus was. And he says, I confess, I repent of my sins. Thank you so much for that. But the religious leaders, you know, they're like, no, I'm the one that people come to. And that's what blind people do, you know, no, we're the experts here. And, and in fact, at the end of that chapter, Paul, they tell him, look, who are you to lecture us? You're, you are steeped in sin at birth. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, in, in this passage of Scripture, Jews believe that if somebody was um, blind or lame or afflicted with some disease, that it was because of some sort of sin, either sin on their part or sin on their parents' part. And, and they, their picture of God was that God is a punishing God. That's when people do bad, God's going to get them. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, neither this man or his parents sin. This has nothing to do with sin. And then he stops. And I think our punctuation is sometimes wrong in, in John chapter 9. But then Jesus says, hey, so you want to see the glory of God? And this blind man could see. And, and that's what we need to understand. And the, and the people that thought they knew, um, they accused Jesus of being born in sin. You know, Mary was accused of being a loose woman. And uh, Jesus' father was said to be some Roman soldier. I wouldn't want to be them. No, oh, bad, bad, bad. <laughs> Paula, we are really running out of time here. I can't believe this far has gone so fast. We're inside two minutes. You so know what I want to do, over. though? Because on Monday is Sweet Summer Devotions yes. begin. Um, and so uh, June 3rd, Monday, 7 o'clock, all ladies of all ages everywhere should be here at Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. Um, and it's shining stars. Uh, Daniel 12, verse 3, those who are wise will shine as bright as the skies. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever, like like the blind man. He's a shining star forever. He was in his day, and he is to this day, as James called in and is talking about him. He said, once I was blind, now I can see. And in the Sweet Summer Devotions, you will hear that a lot of these girls were blind. Jesus came and opened their eyes, and now they're telling others how they can be seeing as well tomorrow and on monday as well but ladies it's a great time it's a big deal around here lives are changed just by the simple testimony of the power of god hey thanks for tuning in pray for our graduates tonight one hour from now is graduation thanks for tuning in i'm pastor ron arbaugh lord willing i'll be back tomorrow on am 6 30 the word see you then bye-bye Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Uh-huh.